Hey, Devil fans, you're tuned in to the Uncle Pucker New Jersey Devil Podcast. And here are your hosts, Chris Cole and Dan Martin. Seconds ago, and Boquist intercepts that pass. That was looking for Gaudreau. Two on two, Pollock spins back, finds the trailer. Here's a good chance, McLeod in center, and scores! Ryan Graves, the go-ahead goal, with 1.4 to play! Yeah, that was uh, the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, and a 2-2 game uh, going into the third period, late into the third period, and somehow, some way, this team found a way to pull a regulation win out of that game. Um, so welcome, Devil Nation, to the Uncle Pucker New Jersey Devil Podcast. We are your hosts, Chris Cole, along with my Lemon Party partner, Dan Martin. What's up, Dan? What is going on, Chris? That was a good game, and you had this feeling it was definitely going to go into overtime because they all do seem right. anymore. But they're like, no, just kidding. We're going to actually win this in the final seconds. You know, I mean, what now? Jack's been out. This is the fourth game tonight. So the three games that he's been out, we've managed five out of possible six points. So that's pretty impressive for a team that before he went out really had no secondary scoring other than Jack Hughes. And and Dougie Hamilton, but that was about it. Yeah, you start thinking that, you know what, this could be a growth experience, you know? Exactly. Uh, you don't want to go into the playoffs without Jack Hughes. You know, that hopefully that's never going to be something we worry about. But um, maybe the rest of the team feels like, hey, we can pitch in and we can win. And you put all those pieces together, and now they're back to those, like, crazy, we don't know, you know, how many people are going to score on you tonight kind of ways of the streak. Yeah, I mean, you had, with his absence, I mean... Hamilton had the big game. Uh, I forget who that was against, or the overtime winner. But, you know, um, Sharon Govich putting one in, Tatar with a couple, um, uh, that you know, um, McLeod with an amazing play in that uh, game-winning goal against Columbus. I mean, just to pull away from the defense and give himself a little bit of room, Mercer and Graves were just camping out in front of the net. Columbus's defense did not do anything to tie them up. He had two guys wide open there, and uh, he made a beautiful pass at uh, 1.4 or 1.5 seconds left. Uh, you know that's what you need, and that's a winning that's a winning team. You know, winning teams, good winning teams, do that. You know, you you look in the standings, and between Carolina, the Devils, and the Rangers, they're all right there. You can't afford to lose two points, especially to a divisional opponent. You know, be it the Columbus Blue Jackets or in the bottom of the barrel, but still, it's a division opponent. You don't want to give up two points. You don't want to give up any points, and they didn't, and that was an impressive win. Um, did you see anything? I mean, I thought, I shouldn't say, I, it, it was an impressive win as far as that game-winning goal. I thought the game itself, they are still these, you know, very sloppy defensively. Yes, that's and the it, stuff that gives you the most pause going into the playoffs is like, these defensive mistakes will bury you in the playoffs. Yeah. And you you won't be playing the Blue Jackets. So how are you going to, you know. So, you know, every team you play is different. People play up a level. They play down a level. So, you know, you hope that uh, things come together. But, you know, when you have a consistent theme of uh, defensive mistakes, it's hard to turn that off come playoff yeah. time. And, and that's where I really feel like their Achilles heel is going to be. Uh, is going to be like, hey, it, it, what's going to kill them in this playoffs more than anything else is turnovers. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully not. 
And what do you think it is? You know, what what do you think it is that because I mean, I, I suppose you can look back in November where defensively they were extremely sound. But then again, how much of that was just the power of that offense? Yeah, that, overwhelming you know, the, teams. Right. They did, when they finally got their chances, they didn't know what to do with them. And then they yeah. kind of come back down to earth, uh, you know, and now uh, thirty less than 30 games left. Every team is playing it tighter. Every team yep. has, you know, now, now the, the rigors of a long season are kind of seeping in and guys are tired. You know they want it. The teams that want to get to the playoff, that are making the playoffs, want to get there and start it. The teams that aren't in the playoffs want to get on the golf course and end it. You know, yeah. so it's like you have a lot of, um, you know, it's a lot, a lot different of a style of play between now and, or you know, and November and December, uh, to the way the whole NHL is. They are playing a lot tighter. You do have to be more responsible defensively, and right. I agree. I agree with you. That is the one thing that you know really does worry you because if it wasn't for Vitek Vanacek and I'll even say Mackenzie Blackwood the last couple of games that he played uh, they could have gotten really ugly for the Devils yeah definitely they're making way too many turnovers Um, I don't see the level of turnovers from their very high level uh, opponents in this division in this conference you know and that's what worries me when you match up gee what are we missing when we look at Boston or you know how do we match up with them? I think that the number one thing is the propensity for defensive letdowns. Yeah. You know, number two, I would like to see you know a little bit more grit grinding it out. But isn't that exactly what they're doing right now? So I'm not too concerned with that. I mean, you know, they're missing their top scorer and they're finding ways to win. But um, you know, let's face it, the way they played against Columbus, honestly, you know. Even without Jack, that that should have shouldn't have been so close, right? I agree. And yeah. you know, I understand you're not going to score, uh, you know, as many goals as when he's there. I mean, it just makes sense. But what what does that have to do with the defense? What does that have to do with the turnovers? And yeah. you know, they they turned over a few more that could have been in the back of their net, except for the goaltending, like you said, which has been amazing and uh, definitely the most you know underrated part of this Devils resurgence is. The job that Vanacek has done, and you know, nice to see Blackwood's like right on the same page with him these last few games. You know, we'll see how that continues. Well, he's in net tonight. Yeah. I don't know if you had the game on yes. at all. Yeah, quite so a bit. you know, I had I watched maybe half of the first period before we hopped on. So you know, finish it up afterwards. But I, the one thing that impressed me through just ten, twelve minutes of watching this game, that Mercer Tatar, um, yeah. uh, who else is on that line? Oh my god! I just drew a friggin' blank. I'll look at the um, thing there because it's gonna drive me crazy if I don't think of it immediately myself. <laughs> I, I can't believe that I completely forgot. It's the one line that I, oh, uh, Jesper Boquist. Right. So the Boquist Tatar and um, and Mercer, Mercer line Mercer, was yeah. flying tonight. Yes, they were all over the place. It was uh, you know pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, you'd like to think, okay, well, maybe that line, you know, finally Mercer can maybe get his guys and, you know, be able to develop a good line. And I really like Jesper Boquist. I think he brings a a good element to this team. And, you know, I think it's anyone that listens to the show knows we are all big fans of Dawson Mercer. And, uh, you know, can't wait to see what he can do in the future. Well, I'll admit uh, to, like, warming up to Boquist more as the year went on. You know, I was kind of, like, bummed that we were using him at first. Okay. And it was like, well, we kind of got to do it. Plots out, this and that. But he's really come along, you know. I mean, 
I, I, especially at a time where you know maybe he's not so so lesser the Jesper, you know, as we always call him. <laughs> you know, uh, lately, no, he hasn't been Jesper to lesser. No. You know, uh, again, you go back to that, you know, Palat and Heischer and Brat line that mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying, the one line that they keep together for everything, and they're just yeah. they're not producing. Right. Um, you know, I I think that you know. I don't know what the problem is. Maybe just Palat and Heischer, maybe they just don't have that chemistry. Maybe you have to move that line around. Yeah. Um, but it, like you said on the last show, it seems like he's moving every other line around and, and keeping that one intact without getting any kind of production. So he believes in the potential of that line, I think, very much. Yeah, but I, you know, like what I'm even – the biggest part of that that bothers me is uh, I think like you need a team where Heischer scoring – producing and Palat scoring producing like and I don't need them on the same line but those two guys you got your captain and you got your you know most seasoned veteran you know on a team and and if they're not clicking together okay but they have to produce with this team because that that's going to hurt going into playoffs when you can't rely on your you know your core guys like that well I mean what would you do with the lineups um you know let's say that let's say Timo Meyer is here Right. And, you know, it's Timo Meyer. If you hear pitter patter running around or an animal run across the screen, I apologize. My cat's going crazy in the room right now. Okay. But, um, whatchamacallit, um, you have Timo Meyer, and we know he's going to play with Hughes. Uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, Hughes being there is the main reason they're even looking for a top six forward. Um, you know, just somebody to compliment him. What about Pilat on the other wing? That, yeah, that, I would like to see that tried. Definitely. Yeah. Um, who would you move up to the uh, Brat Heischer line? I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's who has had the best success with them as a duo this year? That's what I'm trying to remember. This year, I, I can't really think of anybody. Yeah, um, last year they played together a lot. Yeah, Siegenthal. Uh, I mean, uh, Sharon Govich was up there a lot too. Right, and so it would be interesting to see that. It's, combo especially right now when Sharon Govich is looking pretty good the last few games and producing right. a little bit again uh on the other hand I know people say well why would you mess up that line if he's doing well I get it but um you know this is assuming when Hughes comes back anyway so, right right and I think that makes a lot of sense to give that a shot I mean that has worked and I could see that working in the future I, I think that line might be a little on the smallest side but yeah you know, you know, it's, you know, but they were fat. They are fast, and you know yeah. that they, you know, it's something that you should play with. You know, uh, Leah Hextall was talking during the pre-game, uh, or you know, right through the first few minutes of the game, talking about uh, Tom Fitzgerald and him, you know, being all in on a top six forward. He is right. going to make a trade, um, and I think that. You know, it kind of gets confusing at like this time of year. Like Alex Holtz isn't in the lineup tonight. Is Setterlin in because maybe there's a trade on the horizon and Holtz is a casualty of that trade, right, um, right. and they're holding holding him out, or maybe it's just because it's Setterlin's night to play. You know, it's it, but it's it's kind of interesting to think about. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe tomorrow. You know, because every day you're waiting. Every day it's like you know because yeah, the trade deadline's March third, but doesn't it make a little bit more sense if you have a guy? that you want or a couple of guys that you want, go out and get them. What do you wait until March 3rd? All the action has. If I'm a general manager of a team, I kind of feel like I want my play, my team to gel as early and quickly as possible. Sure. But I think it's like the sellers who are stalling. You know, the sellers are just, they're, they're feeling yeah. multiple buyers and they really are. 
I don't know. And they, you know, it's a it's a little bit of them trying to pump up the bid. And, uh, you know, like, I, you know what, I do want to make this deal with you, but I got to wait out. They're going to come back uh, with an offer on this and they're, you know, and then, you know, that prompts the, the buyer to be like, well, what if we did this? And, you know, he's trying to squeeze the value out of it. So it's kind of, you know, just like any other kind of sale. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I feel like, man, if you're going to pull the trigger, pull the trigger now. But you're right, San Jose or whoever you're dealing with at that time is going to want to, of course, maximize the most out of this. So they're going to hold right. off as long as they possibly can. So, yeah, that does make sense. But and from it does a fan's mean, though, that, yeah, that, like, that Fitzgerald does not have this in the bag. I mean, we kind of knew that there's a lot of teams looking and that it would be silly to think he does have it in the bag. But it doesn't mean he's out either. You know, I, I think we have, we have a good chance still. And from what I read, uh, he had told, asked uh, San Jose uh, that, look, give me final refusal here. Give me the last chance. If you have a, a deal on the table that you feel you can't walk away from, at least give me the opportunity, which apparently they agreed on because they do have a good relationship. So, you know, that's at least good, which also means that, you know, San Jose is fully aware, as of the rest of the NHL, that the Devils want Timo Meyer bad. Yeah. Um, but the other team that keeps popping up now, just recently, within the last couple of days, uh, being in on the Timo Meyer thing, and it scares the crap out of me, is Carolina. Yeah, right. You don't need to make that team any better. It would be <clears throat> oh God, no. Definitely something that would launch them to the top of our conference. You know, you can't can't catch them now. And could you imagine yeah. a guy like that? So you know. We can jump in. I have an article here that was actually I liked, and I thought it was definitely worth uh, discussing. Sure. So it was. Um, just give me a second to pull it up here. This is five alternative trade targets for in, uh, to Timo Meyer. Okay. This yeah, is everybody uh, wants Timo Meyer. <clears throat> yeah. So this is and, like okay, if you can't have your number one it, choice, exactly. here's five really good choices. Hopefully. And this was written for Pucks and Pitchforks by Jonathan Bailey, and this was posted yesterday. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, nonsense and stuff, but I'll get right into I'm not going to read everything. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, this first guy at number five, I do not know anything about, and that's Nick Schmaltz from Arizona. Okay, yeah, I know very little about Nick Schmaltz from Arizona. Now, he writes here, Nick Schmaltz might be a player whose name is unfamiliar to casual NHL fans. The six-foot Wisconsin native has spent most of his NHL career with Arizona while missing a lot of time over the years due to various injuries he's had to deal with. Uh, Schmaltz is one of the most productive players in the league. He posted uh, 93 points over his last 100 games played. That's impressive. Very. Um... Uh, it says here the Coyotes seem like they're going to commit to selling off players for picks. This guy's only 27. Um, and uh, he is apparently locked up because that's the other thing <coughs> Fitzgerald said. If he's going to make a move, he wants to. it's not a rental. He wants a player that can help this team in the long run and down the road. And uh, right now, it's uh, with his current contract, locked him in until 2026 at a salary of 5.85. Um he plays right wing and center, so that's a plus. And, uh, you know, so there you go. That's the first one that he has up here. And, again, I wish we can talk a little bit more about him. I just don't really know him. I don't watch a lot of Arizona games. And, right. yeah. So number four we know is uh, Sam Reinhart from Florida. Sure. Now, this one kind of strikes me as weird because is Florida really going to sell off anybody right now? I mean, they, they are in the – look like sellers. Yeah, they're in the mix. And, yeah. you know – 
to just go, I mean, after what they gave up for Matthew Kachuk, you know, I mean, he's really been the driving force of this team. Well, is um, this the last year of the contract kind of deal? Is that why? That's a good question. So he writes, versatile forward Sam Reinhart became a Florida Panther in 2021. Uh, Reinhart posted 82 points in 78 games in his first season in Florida. Uh, he struggled to keep that form this year. Uh, he's, of course, he goes on about, you know, just that, that Hubbard, uh, Huberdeau is gone and mm-hmm. uh, Uyghur has gone. So these are guys that Reinhardt was playing with a lot. He will be eligible for free agency next summer. Um, so 2024, and he's making a modest six and a half on his current deal. And uh, looks like the Panthers might be looking for just a first round pick for him. So that's interesting. Hmm. Um, and yeah, the I mean, we'll see what the if that's somebody that pops in. But you know, I, I like Sam Reinhart. I mean, again, he there's nothing sexy about him. You know, there's right. just you know he's a good player and he'll help the team. Now, on this list, I should say, the five that are on here, there are two guys that really do interest me, right. one one more than the other. This is the one that I'm interested in, but not as much as the other, and that's Adam Henrique. Mm. And, you know, Devil fans, we really don't have to get too much into Adam Henrique. And I'm not <laughs> Right. And I'm not looking at Adam Henrique as being a savior to come in here and take this team to the next level, but no. he does add something. And, you know... Yes. It, I think that, you know, he it's a familiar place. You know, he, he has his roots here. You know, he's, he's part of Devil's history. And, um, you know, it's been 10 years since the trade was made, and he's been out. But, uh, you know, I, I, I can get behind an Adam Henrique move. I don't know how much it moves the needle. Yeah, I mean, I could see why maybe, you know, like if you're doing a trade-off of one of your – Guys that you know had some experience, and right? And you think, okay, like for instance, Halla, you know, Henrique Halla. You know what? I think I'd go with Henrique right now. I have to agree with that. Um, Halla has been a big disappointment so far this year. Yeah, I mean, he might just turn on the playoffs and, and, and make believers out of all of us, but I think I would take my chances with Henrique if it was that kind of deal. I don't know who's dealing these guys, and you know, I'm not saying that's the trade, but you know, like that's where I see Henrique. I, you know, I, I don't look for him to be, as you said, the savior. I think, you know, st- st- stabilizing force uh, with experience, uh, in a, another leader, another veteran who can help this team out, kind of like what we expected from Halla, but um, maybe you know, with more production, and, uh, and why not give that a shot if if it came to that, uh, you know. Not a Timo Meyer, but no. Now the, this guy that he has listed at number two is probably a guy that, other than Timo Meyer, I'm definitely most excited about the prospect of getting him. Mm-hmm. And it mainly comes from what we talked about in the last show when Bobby was on, and we were talking about Claude Lemieux. Yeah, and yeah. we said, you know, is there any player out there that kind of fits Claude Lemieux's style that can kind of come to this team? And none of us thought of this guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's Max Domi. Oh, yeah. All right. The younger Domi. Um, no, he's not the younger. He's his son. Yeah. He's a lot younger. <laughs> yeah. You're right. They're not brothers. Um, yeah, no, definitely. that I could see that. That that makes sense. Um, 
He's a giant pain in the ass. Yes. And you know, and he can score goals and he's great at the face off circle. Um that is a really nice uh idea. I could see that. I mean I would maybe even take that over Henrique. I know it sounds crazy, but you know, oh, we I might need more in on this team now is a player like that than a player like Henrique. So yeah, that's exciting. And I you know, I didn't even think about that. Um because I feel like there's just not a lot of guys like that in the league today. Uh, you know, you got Marshawn, you got Domi. I mean, who else really fits that bill? The Kachuk I, I brothers. Yeah, I guess I guess that's a good that's a good call. The Kachuk brothers are at least a little bit like that. And uh, you kind of remember, you know, you remember watching Ty Domi play. I mean, he was sure. you hated playing against Ty Domi. He'd yes. fight anybody. He was not the biggest guy out there, but he would drop the gloves with anybody. Yep. He the was always Albanian head in the world. Oh my goodness, knock him out, man! He'd just take and, and blow he and would. He, what a good fighter, too. Yeah, and he would be you know pitch his tent in front of that net. Guys couldn't move him off the puck, and he was. And when he he had a, a lane to hit you, he was going to hit you, and he was going to hit you hard. He was a really awesome player to watch. Um, of course, you hated him being a devil. But um, Max yeah, Domi series with Toronto, was good. yeah, definitely. He was the guy with the most fight on that team by far. Absolutely, and Max plays the exact same style, yeah. and except Max is actually a better scorer. Yeah, it's better hands. Yeah, so I mean, a guy like Max Domi, I the, now of course you know my wheels start spinning, and I'm like, we have enough assets on this team to get both of these guys. Yeah, right? Make now, both deals. Right? Could you imagine a Timo Meyer and Max Domi coming to this team? I think uh, the rest of the conference would shit its pants. Oh, man. And the Devils are probably the one team in the conference that could that does actually have the prospect pool to make a deal like that happen, two deals like yeah. that. Because, well, really, with Max Domi... He signed a $3 million contract this year with Chicago. He right. basically turned down some more money. Other place, I think uh, Columbus was offered him a little bit more money. Carolina offered him a little more money and his whole thing. But they wanted him to lock up bigger deals. And he said, you know, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to sign a one-year deal. It was $3 million. Yep. And I'm going to show the NHL that I'm worth a big contract. And the next place I go, I'm going to sign long-term. Um, and so, and it's working out for him. So, yeah, I know Fitzgerald is looking for a guy with, um, you know, a, a guy who he can lock up or is already locked up. But it, which, you know, Timo Meyer, if you get him, you have him next year, but you want him for the extension. You know, sure. he's a restricted free agent. So I'm sure that after all the, I'll give you these guys, you give me this guy, things are done. Those details of the trades are done. Then they're going to sit down and try and figure out a way to keep Meyer long term, which you would have to do the same thing with Max Domi. Right. Um, and I like the idea that he's come into this entire season to try to line up this one chance to come in and, you know, make waves, get on a playoff team from here. This is his night. He wants out. And, get himself a contract on a team on the way up like the Devils, you know. Max Domi could be something that this team... He's one of those dudes that... Yes. You didn't... Like, he'd be one of those dudes that when he came to the team, you'd be like, we didn't know we needed him. But, man, we needed him. Yes. You know, and and if... I love the idea of Max Domi coming over to the Devils. I think that is... that's what they need, too, that grit. I mean, aside from getting more defensively responsible... We said it over and over again. They need the grit, and that guy brings grit maybe better than anybody can. 
who's yeah. out there. And he so is a pain in the ass. Yeah, and you don't like to face guys like that in the playoffs. That's where they wear you down the most. You know, yeah. when you it's regular season, uh, they you know they'll get under people's skin, but in the playoffs, you no, know, they have a chance to do it night after night, and it gets to really it has such a huge effect in the playoffs. And, and like you said, a guy like that. Yeah, and like you said, you know, um, I don't know if he had any kind of playoff run. I don't think he's had any kind of major playoff run. If he's even made the playoffs, I have to look that up. Yeah. But you're right, like, you know, to think, like, that guy's style and then into a playoff series, yes. um, you know, where everybody turns it up mm-hmm. uh, to a different level. Man, he can be a really, really Just huge asset. carryover effect, you know? Like, yeah. It, it, there's a lot of things you do that – you could play well, and the next game that kind of gets erased. You got to start over again. When you when your job is being a pain in the ass to the other team, you build like a uh, you know reservoir of that up, and they go into the next game. I mean, you are already in their heads. You mm-hmm. know, you're already got them off their game. You know when it's I, I'm just thinking of some of the things that Lemieux did. I mean, he's got the other players on the other team talking about him after the games. What's your strategy to deal with Claude Lemieux? Stuff like that. And think of all the freedom that gives other players to do what they got to do. You yeah, know? and we That's have such a good, yeah, we have the players that can score the goals. You know, and and you're and and the guy wins fifty five percent of his faceoffs this year. Yeah, which we really need that. And yeah. that's ridiculous. So yeah, if you can't make the deal with Timo Meyer, I want Max Domi. I even want him more than the number one guy here, who oh, we yes. can watch tonight. It's uh, Pavel Buchnevich. So it says here that the St. Louis Blues got their fire sale started a little early when they traded longtime star Tarasenko to the he wrote to the New Jersey Devils, which he's wrong. Oh no, wait! I didn't. I should finish reading the sentence to the New Jersey Devils' most hated rival, the New York Rangers. There we go. So yeah, I should definitely finish reading sentences. But in their ninth, but if their nineteenth ranked prospect pool has anything to say about it, Tarasenko might not be the only Russian Russian heading out of town. In a previous deal with the Rangers, the Blues acquired ace Russian winger Pavel Buchnevich. He isn't quite the power forward Meyer is, but that does make sense for the Devils for a variety of reasons. He writes one: he's on a team friendly contract for the next two seasons. That's good. Mm-hmm. Two: he's over six feet tall. That's good. Three, the Devils have plenty of prospects that would be desirable for a rebuilder like the Blues. And four, he's coming off a career year on a bad team, suggesting that he's only on the tip of the iceberg in regards to his scoring potential. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a bad... I, I, I would definitely seriously look at it, but it does seem like a letdown after somebody like Domi. I yeah, I mean, he's a big winger, and he can definitely help this team. And I guess if you are just looking for... The Pavel Meyer, I mean uh, the Timo Meyer, um, you know model. Then Buchnevich fits that. I get it. If you can't get Meyer, and that's the kind kind of guy you want, you know, a, a big winger over six feet can score goals. If those are the things you're looking for, then Buchnevich makes sense. But when you look at the Devils and how they play, and you can see the deficiencies as a fan or as management. I mean, we watch every game. Max Domi makes more sense. Then, it, unless it's Timo Meyer, I think it's got to be Max Domi. Right. I just think for all the um, reasons that you said, I just think it's absolutely. Uh, of those five, he's he's my number one on that. Uh, I'd have to give a serious look at Butchnevich and and maybe even consider the Henrik thing. 
Um, I kind of liked all the choices you threw at me, but definitely Domi's the one that piqued my interest. I'll throw one more name out at you because I, I read an, another article somewhat similar. Yeah, go this ahead. This is also Pucks and Pitchforks, and they're talking about different deals. The one that they're highlighting the most is Jonathan Taze. Um, mm. They're saying, you know, Kane doesn't look like he's going to be coming to New Jersey for whatever reason. He mentioned he wants to go to New York City, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and he, I heard he was, poor little Patrick Kane was all upset when he found out that uh, Tarasenko went to the Rangers and they asked him about it and he said, well, it's not, not like the best news I ever got. Aw, boo-hoo. Can't right. go play for the blue shirts. Go ahead. Exactly. So they're saying, but you know who might be an even better fit for the Devils is Taves. Now, you know, I, I get it. The, the, you're getting real specific here with their proposal. Do they need another wing, another center, though? Yeah, I thought that, especially with, you know, these numbers, they're not going to, like, you know, kill you, like, bully you over. 14 goals and 14 assists. Now, you know, it's not a great team that he's on, so you expect him to be a better at production than that, perhaps, which is not awful. But, um, you know, I it's a big name, and I yeah. get it. But And I get why you would say, okay, well, yeah, everybody knows that name. Maybe we should consider that. I personally like most, if not all, the names on the other list that you gave better than him. Uh, I, I was agree. kind of like lukewarm on this. I think they're a little bit uh, out to lunch on this um, guy. I mean, you know, that's just their opinion on this, and it's not such a horrible thing, but I think, not impressed. I think Patrick Kane is, you know, if – Toronto can make a deal with him or even want him. That was the only other team that I heard that Kane was interested in playing for. Yes. But on this, this here is uh, Lyle Richardson from Bleacher Report. He wrote, finding ideal landing spots for NHL's top trade deadline targets. So he put a, a couple guys on, and what teams, like he's got the Los Angeles Kings, should go and get um, Jacob, uh, how do you pronounce that? Ch- Chutron? Mm, uh, from, from Arizona? Again, right. I don't know anybody that plays for Arizona. Um, uh, says here uh, Columbus is uh, Vacheslav Gavrikov, uh, Gavrikov rather should go to Edmonton. That's his thing. And Patrick Kane, he has here going to the would be a good fit in Vegas. Um, and he says the best fit for Timo Meyer is the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, and I really think it is. Uh, I've been looking at the Meyer uh, articles, and there's a ton of them out there. And I do think, like, this is a great team for him. I got to yeah. imagine his agent, Claude Lemieux, agrees. But I think it's a good <laughs> deal for him. I really do. It's It's got the best, you know, p- prospects of being successful in the future. And uh, it's, it, I think he'd love playing with these guys. Um, I don't know. And we'll see what happens with I that. I agree. There was and another article f- on trades. Well, real quick. funny. This yeah. one, this yeah. one on Bleacher Report real quick. Right. He has Jonathan Taves going to Colorado. So, yeah, maybe, yeah. you know what? I can kind of see that fit there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So go ahead. What were you, well, go no, back this, to your... this caught my attention just because I felt like they were listening to our last show. <laughs> and I think we were talking they about... They uh, You know, we have so many listeners, there's a chance they were probably listening. Okay, no, me. It's, this is a uh, All About the Jersey article by uh, Jerry, Gerard Leonetti. Oh, I'm pretty sure I got an email from him. No, I didn't. But... You know, he goes, don't expect the New Jersey Devils to add, in parentheses, in uh, quotes, by subtraction at the trade deadline. Now, I was like, wait a second. Are you talking to me? Because that, that's exactly, exactly what we were saying. exactly what you said. Yeah, we were, I, I was thinking, like, you know what? Even if you can't do the big deals and really add a lot 
of somebody new, maybe it's time to deal with some of these contracts and bring people up. And he makes a good point, something we kind of did discuss. This is getting late in the season to be trying out some of our guys. And I get that. And I feel like, you know what, if it was, if they weren't going to – if they're not giving uh, games to Hughes and, you know, who's who's available, I understand now, um, yeah, at be this point soon. in the season, then, then I don't know if they're going to, you know. Uh, you know, he was making the point that Severson and Graves, which I'm not looking to rush out of here, but Severson, uh, you know, I'll be okay with, that they're probably going to be staying. Uh, I can't argue with his points here. I think he's probably right. But uh, I think he's probably right and all at the same time probably wrong. I think that that's likely is what he's saying. But uh, I don't think it's necessarily the best move. I really feel like, you know what, these defensive lapses, you get somebody – in here who could be a little bit more responsible and you're not going to miss out on you know the goals that much and I don't think most people including Devils Management agree with me I think they would side with uh, our buddy Gerard here and I understand that but um yeah I was just like hey man why can't we do a little addition by subtraction you know well that's what's been hurting us is some of the, the defense yeah and and you know I get it the the management the people that run the the team the powers that be they don't most teams don't like to make any kind of you know don't rock the boat if things are working don't rock the boat but when you hear about how amazing Simon Nemec and Luke Hughes are right when you you know watch their film and you just see that there's really something special some talent there when Tom Fitzgerald has told every team before the negotiations for anybody started, that those two dudes are off the table. Do not even bring them up. When he has that much faith in them, you know, maybe... Now, my my thing is, if you're, you're not just going to go and cut Severson, there's value there. So mm-hmm. are you going to trade him? And if you do trade him, um, it better be soon that you figure out who you're going to replace him with. You know, because we have, like you said, though, there's yeah. two weeks, and if you think that... Uh, you haven't so played long, any of these guys. That's no, why and I feel that's like, why you're probably right that it's not going to happen, but I happen. agree with you that it should happen. Yeah. Um, and if this team was not in a playoff position, no yeah. way are they here. Right. Um, so I do think that if in the next week or so you see some more play or somebody called up or, you know, I don't know when Luke Hughes is supposed to be um, done or up up with this club, but, I mean, I have, you know, that, uh, you know, on good information that he was coming directly to this team, that he was not going down to Utica, that they I wanted him up. I remember that, yeah. And if that's the case, maybe what you're saying is maybe in the works. Maybe you get this guy in a couple of games, and, you know, you also have Brendan Smith who, you know, that's the other thing. Like, you have Brendan Smith who hasn't yeah. played. You have Kevin Ball who's been in and out of the lineup, who has is playing better. You have uh, Ohochuk who I thought played fairly well for a rookie for just getting up here. So yep. you have other options. Um, so no, I wouldn't be shocked if come trade deadline there maybe maybe there is more than one move. Maybe you know you you make a deal with Chicago for Max Domi as well, and you send Adam Graves there or Damon Severson there uh, right. along with a, a, a pick. I, I think that would be the right thing to do. And if you have your heart set on, let's say, okay, Luke Hughes comes in, 
We want to get him in a couple of games. If he doesn't impress you, again, Smith, Ahochuk, Ball. I trust them just as much defensively. I trust them just as much as Damon Severson. Right. Right. So I mean, the I mean, only thing you're giving away with Severson are some of those, let's face it, pretty goals um, that I feel like the trade-off for his his defensive capabilities, it's not a game I want to play in the playoffs. But even his defensive goals, there's no reason to keep the guy on the team. There's not enough of them. Dougie Hamilton is your defensive scorer on this team. That's right. Um, you know, he's not Scott Niedermeyer. No. He's, you know, he, he's a, a fine hockey player. But if this team wants to seriously compete for a Stanley Cup over the next four, five, six years, you can't have just okay players. Every player has got to play, you know, be well above average. Yes. And um, you know, this team right now doesn't have that in a few spots. No, they don't. But uh, they are definitely doing the right things to get there. I think the addition by subtraction thing does make a ton of sense because, like, again. You also need to, let's say you go out and let's say the team just does a complete blockbuster, two teams, and we get Meyer and we get Max Domi. Well, you're going to have to pay these guys, and oh, yeah. you have to free up salary cap money immediately. So there's going to be a lot of casualties from that. Sure. So, you know, I, I think that the fan base and I think the management, they just get so nervous about making any kind of waves, you yeah. know, and that's... It's, I think it's very conservative, and they they really stick with these guys. I think longer than is good. Um, uh, you know, I'll bring it back to Blackwood. Just right. reading an article, an interview with Bradour, and it was on the subject of the goaltending. He's had you know nothing but course, but good things to say about Vanacek. But it kind of amazed me how much his quotes also put like Blackwood at a very similar level, and you know, I'm now is that just him, the assistant GM talking up his team? That's what I'm going to talk about his team. Right. Talking about, hey, if I can dream his trade prospect. <laughs> right. Um, so well, maybe, Marty thinks he's good. Let's get him. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, maybe let's let's hope he's being that sly about it because I'm just like, whoa, you know, it's uh, well, I I just see like such a night and day there, and Vanacek uh, yeah. is also, I'll say, closing in on Brodeur's franchise record for consecutive points earned. Is that and right? Yes, he's got 12. And Bernard's yeah. record with the team for consecutive, as all the crazy records that Marty has, this one seems like, huh, I thought it'd be a little higher. 14. That's 14 it, huh? 14 conse- as far as consecutive points. When you think about it, that's quite a, you know, win streak for a goalie. Uh, you know, because uh, they get the so, yeah, team win streak a, interrupted by... Hell of a you know, win streak by the, the team, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he's got 12. You know he's going to get the start Saturday against Pittsburgh. Um, that yeah. was, you know, that'd be he that, might he yeah. might tie Verdor's record there. And I have to Who say knows? about Blackwood um, right. this season, and, and you know, and this season to me is a bit of an outlier. Not that they got injured; that happens every season. But yeah. he really, the time that he was in there, and we, yeah, unfortunately, we're seeing a little bit more of him now than we were earlier in the season. But you know, the time that he's in there, I don't feel like he is. A huge, huge liability. As nearly, as, not as much as I did last season, the year before that, and the year Definitely. before that. Um, but at Even, the same uh, time, right before he got injured, right, he seemed like having Vanacek around was good for him. He right. Was, he he had a few of those early streak wins. Yeah. You know, before he and, got injured. But at the same time, it's like it's not even a question. It's Vanacek. It's Vanacek all the way, and he's clearly been the better goalie. Uh, he doesn't, you know, his. 
the thing about his huge saves in close games, like nothing rattles him, and you don't see that from Blackwood. You know, he'll give up the overtime winner, he'll give up the late goal, and you know, third period kind of mental lapses once in a while, but you don't see it from Vanacek. And right. you know, again, Vanacek's another guy. He is coming from a team that didn't believe in him. Mm-hmm. He, we have a lot of dudes on on t- this team that that you know came over that just other guys didn't believe in, and he's definitely one of them. Uh, Washington didn't want to sign him. No big deal. Um, no, neither of their goalies. They ended up getting rid of uh, Samsonov yeah, too, right? Absolutely. And they went yeah. out and they got Darcy Kemper, who is in no way, shape, or form an upgrade. But no. regardless, Vanacek said, you don't want me. That's fine. Here's a team that does. He talked to Marty. Marty had a lot to do with bringing him here. And, uh, you know, he's thrived. And I think, like, the thing is about... At the end of the last four, five, six seasons, you're sitting there and you're just kind of talking with your buddies and saying, "I want. what are we going to do about goaltending next year? It's always been an issue. And this season, the first season in a really long time, that we're not worried about that. We Goaltending is not the issue. Vanacek is our goalie. He's going to be our goalie for the next few years, and that's awesome. Yeah, it, the article was kind of cool because it started off talking about Fordor doesn't get what he'd always did if he ever had a chance to, you know, be around fans. And they would say, Marty, when are you going to come back and play goal, right? And they said <laughs> that for the last 10-plus years. Right. And he says, nobody says that to me anymore, so it's a good thing. You yeah, know? there you and go. That's, that's true. Now, nobody's saying that Vanacek is Brodor. But I think what that is getting at is he finally got, you know, a solid, I don't have to worry about it guy in net. It's been so long. Yeah. It's been so long. So, you know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they uh, properly recognize that. I hope we don't get any silliness in the playoffs. With, yeah, it, it shouldn't be. Blackwood should, unless there's an injury, Blackwood should not be even seeing any ice time. Yeah, I mean, if he does, things are going very badly. You yeah, know, so you're think, right. And if he just gets some random start because the Devils have just you know gone up th- you know three games to none just to get him in, I, right. honestly, he's going to piss me off. Like, I don't think this is a good move, and I think. They they really need to ride their guy in the playoffs, but well, you know we'll most see. most teams do ride their number one in the playoffs um, unless their backup is you know an absolute equal. I don't think that's the case here. I just don't. Uh, I think there is yeah. a clear discrepancy between their play and you know what if I can see it and you can see it and but most but not everybody fans, does. I'll tell you what the writer of this article who I might as well name check is uh, is his uh, last name Blackwood. No, Novozinski, Ryan Novozinski, right? So NJ.com. He um, he does characterize Vanacek as 1A and uh, Blackwood as 1B. Yeah. And I've seen this or elsewhere, like, hey, we don't have a number two goalie. We have 1A, 1B, which is like, first of all, let's not play semantics. Go fuck yourself, you know, like with this ling- lingo. <laughs> but even what they're trying to say is that almost like they're interchangeable. I don't yeah, think that's... Yeah, that's exactly what they're trying to say. Yeah, and that's, that's, what, that that's means. what everybody saying means. And I, I think that's yeah. a mistake. I think you know who you want and that... Um, and uh, I just hope this team realizes that too. Cause, I, I mean, I think it's ignorant, to be honest with you. You know, yeah. if you watched this team for the however many games we're in right now, you know, the 50-something games that we're in right now, it, there's no question. There's no. There's never been a night that during the game you that Vanacek was playing, you said, man, I wish they had Blackwood in there. It's nope. never been uttered from your mouth. 
But it has been the other way. And yep. you know, and, and you also have to look at the track record, the injury record, and everything yep. that goes along with Blackwood. There is no um there's no comfort there. There's no, you know, you don't, you just expect the other shoe to drop. Like I'm waiting for him to get injured, um, you know, or, or just having this horrible game where he lets five or six in, um, you know, it's, it hasn't happened yet. The only injury did, but oh, you know, I'm just saying like, but, it, but, you know, it, you know but what your it, expectations are, but right? you don't, exactly. You're not comfortable. Right. And if you're going into a playoff game and he's your goalie, I don't know if a devil fan is truly, can you, you can be comfortable with that. And if you say yes, then you just haven't been watching this team for the last five years. No, you're like, just Vanacek is a professional. Yeah. Like Vanacek exactly. came in. He's a pro. He is a hell of a hockey player, and a huge reason the thirteen game streak, the thirteen game winning streak happened. Huge reason that they are twenty three and three on the road, which is a ridiculous stat when you think about it. They have a better road record. They're the fastest team to ever reach twenty road wins. That means that even during this year's Boston Bruin historic season, we have a better road record than them. Yeah, I think sometimes the media gets a little influenced by like. Just like persona and character, uh, at least like impressions. I mean, Blackwood's the big guy. Looks like the you know the uh, the Canadian stud kind of guy. And then you got Vanacek, who's like a little bit evil Russian. Well, to me, he reminds me a little bit more of like Latka from uh, <laughs> from Taxi. You know, yes. like, I'm so happy to be here. You know? <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for letting me play goal. He's always like so humble and such a like. He's a good you know, dude. He's a good dude, and he doesn't seem like he has that. I'm a crazy goalie mentality. Like I'm, you know, I know I'm saying Blackwood's like fucking Eddie Belfort or something, but like you know what I mean. Like he doesn't totally. fit that mold of like here's our, you know, he doesn't have the Patrick Waugh stare of like is he going mad? Is he crazy? Right. right. He, does he have a knife in his spaz and he's about right. to slit somebody's throat? But I've always liked goalies who enjoy the game better. I mean, Marty was that way. Yeah, he smiled ninety five percent of the time he was playing. He had a smile on his face. You know. Yeah. And it, it, in the you end, know, like, it is a game. Yes, exactly. And games are supposed to be fun. So, and, yeah. you know, Vanacek's yes. locker impression does not steer me off of him. I, I know what he's doing. I see what he's doing in net. And he is laser-focused, so, you know, that's, but that's good enough for me. He also has a great Tony Danza impression. His, <laughs> really? His, yes. His Judd Hirsch can use a little bit of work. Is Danny DeVito spot on? Does he, what does he go with for his, uh, his, his uh, Tony Danza impression? You're going to make me do a Tony Danza impression, aren't you? Yeah. yeah I don't think I can right now. Let's move on to another subject. Angela. <laughs> See, that was, was going to stick with Taxi. You I, can't I, do an impression from Taxi. He starts uh, doing Broadway songs or something. I don't think you, you should do an impression. But that's the only impression? That's it? Angela? That, Mona. Yeah, How's I'll that? I'll tell you what, man. That's Angela. That's done to perfection. Everybody knows exactly who I'm doing. One word <laughs> impressions. All right. If you could do a one-word impression, you're doing something right. So I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back for that one. Hooray to you, Dan! I wish yeah, I had you know my, what, I my can't board do that. set up. Yeah, I can't do that Give for Tony Dan's on Taxi. He didn't have that kind of catchphrase. No, he didn't. Yeah. Can you do a uh, was that Tim Conway? Tim Conway. Who was the other guy that was Conway something? Right. Oh, Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway. Who's the one that was in Taxi? Wheeler. Jeff Conway. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he was, yeah. that was uh, from Greece. Yes. Yes, yeah, that's Greece. what I'm thinking of. The other guy's the old comedian, Tim Conway. Tim Conway. like from the Carol Burnett he, show. He was the one who played <laughs> Dorf, and he's always yes, on his knees. Dorf on golf. Short. 
<laughs> yeah, dwarf, dwarf on, on golf. Yeah, no, um, I can't do anybody else from Taxi. Um, you know, everybody loves Danny DeVito, but you can't do him. But you look yeah, uh, so much like him. Thanks, I appreciate no problem. It. You know, cultivating that look. I, it's really good. Yeah. So I thought I was I, when you popped on. I thought I was actually watching an episode of Always Sunny. But did it was you just see, you. Did you see me crawl out of my couch naked? Is that how you knew I was <laughs> yes. ready to do this podcast? Dude, can I just... I got a bitch about... Not bitch, but I got to just give a big what the fuck. Did you watch Saturday Night Live last week? Um, yeah. Yes. Did you see Coldplay? You know what? We kind of tuned that out. We're not big Coldplay fans around here. Oh, if you're there not a big like a Coldplay fire, fan and you like watched... Oh, dude, it was the most self righteous like uh, biggest piece of garbage I've ever seen in my life so yeah Chris Martin is just very much into himself and you know he absolutely thinks he is the end all be all of whatever type of music Coldplay is he's like Bono without the talent exactly Thank you. He's like Bono without the talent. And they just came out. They had like a dude with an alien hel- uh, mask on. There was like a choir and the only people in the choir, everyone in the choir can sing except him. You know, he's the, lead, he's the front man of the band. He's the worst one out there singing about, I have no friggin' idea. And he oh, like, kept looking like he was going to cry. He was so proud of what he was doing out there. that like, It was the greatest spectacle ever seen. He was so proud of it. And it was a giant turd on the middle of the, of the stage. Dan, you have to watch it. I it was that bad. I muted it. It was pretty, like, pretty wet, uh, right away. I, like, uh, I was watching with, with Evie and she's like, Coldplay sucks, don't they? And I'm like, Ooh, yeah, she's so right. Yeah. You know, but it, it was one of those train wreck things. It was, I got completely sucked in. And I, as soon as I saw the guy with the alien mask, I said, what the heck are they doing? I'm watching it with my wife. And she uh, she had already seen it. And she's like, because uh, I was watching it on, on record. And she's like, she go, oh, you got to watch this. This is the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah, so I got sucked in and I watched it. But, oh, my God, dude. I mean, they were never good, but now they're just like a parody of themselves. It's really hard to watch. Well, really funny to watch. Who was the host that week? Why am I forgetting this? Oh, it was um, uh, Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was awesome. And I like the – some of that cast is starting to really grow on me. I like anything with Bo and Yang in it. I think he's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I also like that Sarah Sherman character. She's great. Which one's that? She's the one who's always doing fucked up shit with her eyes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had like the big googly eyed characters. Like she's got the craziest ideas. She's she's a real original. I I I thought last uh, Saturday's episode was pretty good. Um, He was good. I like him, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Saturday lives always hit or miss. Yeah, back to like when you used to watch it. Seasons you used to consider, um, you know, classic. You know that you consider classic now. During the time when you watch them, you're like, this show sucks. This is true. I remember thinking that when I was a kid, and I barely had like watched one year when I was a kid. And I'm like, this show has really lost it. That's I was the nature of that Saturday Night Live show. You always kind of like appreciate it more in the back rearview mirror. I've always been a very, very infrequent watcher of Saturday Night Live. It's like, if it's on, I'll watch it. But because my wife had watched it and uh, it was recorded, I put it on. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I very, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't watch it religiously. I never did, but I got into that episode and unfortunately Coldplay was on it 
and that makes That's me sad. And uh, it really, oh. next, is it next week or the week after? You got Jack White and a good host. I'm trying to remember who it was. Jack White was ridiculous on the last one. Dude, was, the last time? The, well, yeah, the one that's the one where he did like uh, that medley. Yes, of, uh, it was. Yes. Uh, but it was. He did that Eddie Van Halen uh, tribute. It was. Van Halen had just died. Yeah, it was one of the best performances of Saturday Night Live yeah, I've he was ever seen. He wasn't even supposed to do that. Oh, show. is that right? Yeah, I think it was that same time that that country singer got in trouble for. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he used the N word and or not wore a mask or something. He's just a country dude. Anyway, they, they didn't have him on because of whatever shenanigans went down with that. And so they just called in Jack White, and it was like the best performance that I can it, ever remember seeing. I agree. I was I caught that one, and it was ridiculous. Yeah. All right, I want to go over one more thing real quick, and it's just like a personal little gripe, and then I'll get off. So, is it that I look like Danny DeVito? No, you don't okay. look like Danny DeVito. <laughs> look like Rhea Perlman. I'll work on it. Oh, thank you. So the um. This has bugged me forever, and I just you know wanted your idea about it. So, if a team gets a penalty and they are on a delayed power play, right, and okay. the other, and they pull their goalie, and now yes. it's six on five, yes, they score, right. The penalty is negated. Yes, the penalty goes away. Right, I bugs the heck out of me. Why? They still committed the penalty just because they couldn't. Yes. You couldn't score on yourself. Every team has the right to pull their goalie at any time, for whatever reason. If they want to start a game with six skaters, they six can. Six on five. Yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a power play. Right. It wasn't no, a power I play. I understand. To play devil's advocate with that. Yes, that's what I want. Okay, so I would tell you that the reason they pull their goalie is that the second the other team touches the puck. The whistle's going to blow. So the sure, there's no chance that you're going to get scored on. A, a, yeah, they, they no longer have to play defense. Part of going on the power play is that if you have the puck until that whistle's blown, you're already on the power play. True. Because you cannot, and, and it's better than a power play, and here's why. You can't give up a shorthand. Right. Game. I mean, unless it's an own goal, which they rarely happen. When they do, it's amazing. And hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the only thing I'd say, like, okay, Here's why I get that. Because, like, if you're in that position and you're the team has committed, and just imagine this you're watching and your team gets a bad call against them. And it turns into not just a power play goal against, but a two point conversion because they had the, you know, we changed the rule and we say, okay, you scored with the six on five and now you're on the power play and they score again. You're going to be like, this is such bullshit. Talk about one bad call being able to change the whole game. But I you know feel. I mean? That's I, the only I've, downside to, to, to that. You know? There must be punishment. There is no punishment. Okay. okay. All right. You, um, you want some corporal punishment? Or the players maybe in the Corporal. In the I was box. just thinking two minutes in a box. Yeah, but in the box, they're getting uh, attacked. Yeah, by, the box uh, is underwater. They have yeah, to stay there for two minutes underwater. Two minutes. With piranha biting, like if you can, if you could somehow incorporate the crazy shit they did in Fear Factor with the NHL, that would be awesome. Two so minutes in a box, of two minutes for roughing. You have to sit in a box of tarantulas, or yeah, exactly. you can not take the penalty if you eat these fifteen Madagascar cockroaches, which a lot of players would easily do. Which would be awesome to watch. Yeah, they should do that in the All Star Game. I mean, they fucked it up enough. 
Imagine if if your player didn't eat the cockroaches. No, I'm not going to do that. And you get scored on in that part. Right? Play. Like, why the hell didn't you eat the goddamn cockroaches? What kind yeah. of play? You know, you're supposed to be oh, our teammate. He's got a no cockroaches clause <laughs> in his contract, so he's not going to do that. Sorry. On that note, we are going to wrap this show up. All right. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the next few games go. I mean, they got some... Uh, interesting games coming up. I mean, they're all interesting this time of year. So yeah, I mean, we'll get together fun. And, so, and recap the next couple. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, you know, I think either Sunday or Monday we'll get on. So we'll talk about the uh, the Penguin game, which is coming up, which we should have pre- actually probably previewed today. But come on, we've played the Penguins enough. Everybody knows what we're going to do there. Everybody knows how that game's going to go. It's going to be low scoring. Uh, goaltending is going to be uh, at a premium. It better be at a premium. And uh, you know, the Devils. We'll pull off a one-goal win. I'll go 3-2 regulation. What do you got? Um, I'll go 4-2 for simply just, just picking one more than you because I have no idea. Okay, fair enough. Then uh, we <laughs> A little thought given to that. We will see you when we see you. All right, puckers out. It's over.